You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. It is Wednesday, March 3rd. Appreciate you joining me on today's podcast. Um, good show for you coming today, or at least I hope so. I guess we'll find out here in the next 20 minutes or so. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Um, but I, I want to cover TCU men had a disappointing loss to Texas Tech tonight. So we'll talk about that. Also, we'll get into TCU baseball. Got a victory over SFA. They continue a nice little hot streak. They've now won five in a row. Um, TCU football offered a quarterback recently on the recruiting trail. So I'll discuss that in detail. And we'll get you ready for the rest of the week in TCU athletics. But let's start with what went down in Lubbock tonight. Or, uh, well, tonight in my case, because I'm recording this on Tuesday night, but you're listening to it on Wednesday. So last night, um, the Frogs go down to uh, Lubbock and take on the Red Raiders. And they fall 69-49. to 49. Couldn't even crack 50 points. Just really struggled offensively. Um, only one player scored in double digits. That was R.J. Nemhard, but he was 4-12 from the field. So a tough night shooting for him. Really dismal night shooting overall for the team. 38%, 23% from three. And, uh, you know, I said this yesterday. This Tech team just gets after TCU since Chris Beard has taken over in a way that no one else in the league really has. I mean, TCU has struggled mightily this year. They're 5-9 and nine in conference play. But they've been able to be competitive in a lot of these games. You know, they competed with Texas a little bit in that game down in Austin. Um, they led Baylor at halftime 28-27 thanks to a Mike Miles deep three. You know, they beat Oklahoma State twice, who, who's red hot. Struggled against Oklahoma – but they played them tough in the opening game of the conference season. But Texas Tech, they just haven't even gotten close. And, I mean, I think it comes back to that's that's a group that gets after you defensively with high intensity. They force you into bad shots. They force you into turnovers. And in the Jamie Dixon era, that has really been the story of this team. I mean, they're just – they're honestly, they're not a very good – offensive basketball team they have individual playmakers who can make plays but you know scoring the ball they struggle to do it they struggle to do it as a unit and Mike Miles had a a really tough night only two points on one of eight shooting he also was hurt and pretty much on the bench most of the second half he stepped in front of a tech defender uh, and messed up his ankle Came off the floor, tried to come back in, didn't have it. They took him off the floor. So, uh, you know, you hope that he's ready to rock for the last couple games of the regular season. But Mike is the future of the program. So, no sense in risking anything over these last two games before the Big 12 tournament starts uh, with the potential that Mike Miles has. And that's going to be maybe the most interesting subplot to this offseason and and I don't I don't know anything. I'm just I'm just talking here. I'm not reporting. Um but since this was a fairly disappointing year for TCU basketball, I don't think my, Mike's pro prospects are going to be there yet. Like he doesn't feel like a one and done to me even though he's a very talented player. Would he look at transferring? I don't know. 
Um, I hope not. I hope that he's really happy at TCU and enjoys being close to home. He's a Lancaster kid. Um, but I can't imagine this was exactly what he envisioned, even if he knew it would be somewhat of a rebuilding process coming in and, and just struggling this much early on as a team. However, they still have a couple of games to finish the season strong, maybe leave a better taste in everybody's mouth and uh, build on that moving forward. But, you know, I was watching, like, before that game, that game was at 6 o'clock, and before that game this evening I was watching uh, Baylor in West Virginia. And it's just incredible to me the difference that you see. And obviously, like, Baylor and West Virginia are the class conference, but the difference that you see between their ability to have multiple scores on the floor, a, a good bench, um, great effort on defense, and then you look at what TCU is doing on a night-in, night-out basis. And I don't want every TCU basketball segment on this podcast to become, you know, what should we do about Jamie Dixon and how much longer does he have to turn this thing around. Uh, I, I just I think the heat has to be turned up because they look very far off from the other contenders in the Big 12. Um, you know, they fell to Kansas State earlier this year. Uh, they've swept a couple teams in Iowa State and Oklahoma State, but they've just struggled mightily against everyone else. So uh, something has to improve, something has to change, but they'll get that chance against uh, West Virginia and Texas over the next week or so leading into the Big 12 tournament. This also, it, I mean, if you care about such things, um, they're hovering around 500 now. There's only going to be 16 teams in the NIT this year. So I think they're going to have to really do some work in the NCAA tournament if they want to see – or excuse me, in the Big 12 tournament if they want to see any sort of postseason play because you play Thursday at 6 o'clock against West Virginia – and even though they played West Virginia tough um, about a week a week or so ago, uh, I don't expect that same result in Morgantown. And then you turn around and play Texas on Saturday. So tough schedule upcoming for TCU basketball. We'll see how they fare over the next week. But just a, a really rotten game tonight against Texas Tech. Could not score. Couldn't do anything. And, you know, if you told me before the game, like they held Mac McClung, who's Tech's best player, scorer, transfer from Georgetown, hey, they held Mac McClung to four points. I would have said, oh, well, maybe they had a chance to win that game, but still get beat by 20, just never really close, aside from getting off to a nice little start. Um, didn't have it tonight. And, again, those issues against Tech continue. They just they, – they struggle mightily against this Chris Beard-led squad, and I'm not sure what exactly – the remedy is to fix that coming up next we'll talk some tcu baseball as they get a victory tonight over sfa but right now let's talk about built bar and built bar is doing a really cool thing right now it's march madness it's almost tournament time and built bar is going to put a tournament together of all their best flavors and it's going to be uh run on their twitter page at built bar you can go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked on 20 again that's locked on 20 and get 20% off your next order. But I'm, I'm making my request now. I hope the one seeds are chocolate brownie, coconut brownie, peanut butter, and German chocolate. 
So chocolate brownie, coconut brownie, peanut butter, and German chocolate. If you're looking to try Built Bar, I think those are some great flavors to try. Built Bar is delicious, only 180 calories. Stay tuned. Over the next few weeks, they'll have a Built Bar flavor bracket that they'll be featuring on their Twitter account um, on a weekly basis. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON20. Locked on Horn Frogs, segment number two coming your way right now. This is your daily TCU podcast. We're talking all things TCU athletics. And I want to get into uh, some baseball talk here. Frogs hosted Stephen F. Austin at uh, Lupton tonight, and they get the victory 9-3 to over the uh, Lumberjacks. Stephen F. Austin actually jumped out to a one nothing lead and kept that lead for the first few innings of the game. But the uh, TCU bats came alive and, and took it over from there. And the things that stood out tonight, so uh, first on the mound, Jacob Metter was fantastic. Freshman. Now, he pitched last year, but because of the COVID-shortened season, he's still technically a freshman arm. And he came on, and he pitched six and two-thirds innings, only gave up one run, gave up two hits, walked a couple. But overall, the hometown kid uh, from Burleson went to Burleson Centennial was really, really impressive against an SFA team that obviously TCU is better than, but uh, they did beat Oklahoma at Globe Life Park on a Tuesday night. Um, you know, they went one and two against UTA over the weekend, but UTA is is a solid program, so they're able to scratch across a win against them in a three-game set. Um, good lineup, decent team, and Metter came in there and was fantastic. In, in, in that work and getting his first career start. So that's another weapon that you have um, that you can use on Tuesday nights and maybe in a potential spot start situation on the weekend or in relief on the weekend. Uh, and TCU was really in control of that game for for the majority of it. Now things got a little, a little squirrely in the ninth. Harrison Bethy came on with that 9-1 lead. Gave up a couple runs, loaded the bases. They had to turn it over to Jacob Speaker to get that last out, and he got a ground out um, to short to end the game. But TCU has now won five in a row. They're 6-2 and two on the season. And the freshmen tonight, listen to this. They hit one, two, three in the lineup. Elijah Nunez, who led off today, true freshman. Um, Luke Boyers hitting in the two-hole, true freshman. Braden Taylor hitting on the three-hole, true freshman. And Braden Taylor went deep again. He now has two home runs on the seasons, on the season. And when I was watching that on ESPN+, Plus, Chuck Lamondola was basically saying, you know, Braden Taylor was inserted in the starting lineup at second base um, last Tuesday against Texas Southern, and he hasn't given it up. He's almost hitting 400. Uh, he's got two bombs, as I said earlier. He's driving in runs. He's doing everything – in his power to stay in that starting lineup. And with the way he's playing right now, I mean, you can't really you can't really argue with it. He's been great. You know, Elijah Nunez was on base a few times tonight. He continues to do um, what he does best and excel at just finding a way to get on and then using his speed to change the game and make things happen around the base pass. Um, Braden Taylor – I mentioned him earlier. I'm sorry. Luke Boyers hitting in that two-hole. 
Uh, he had one base hit tonight, had a couple strikeouts. Not his best evening, but he's still hitting over 300. Zach Humphreys hit a home run tonight. Now, that's obviously not freshman. Zach is a super senior, but he had his second home run of the season. Um, so he drove one out of the yard. Phillip Skies continues to play really well. Uh, he had an, a two RBI double tonight. He was making plays in center field. So they're still mixing and matching this lineup, and I really don't know. You know, Skies and, and Taylor right now have just forced their way in, and you can't take them out at this moment. So I'm not sure what that's going to mean. You know, Hunter Wolf has been DHing a little bit. Um, if they try to kind of find spots for him here and there in the lineup and, and find a place for him to play in the field, I'm, I don't know how all that's going to play out. But it's a good problem to have when you have so much talent uh, in that dugout that you feel like you can't go wrong with whoever it is that you put in the game. Now this weekend they're going to play at the Shriners Hospitals for Kids Classic down in Houston at Minute Maid Park. And this is uh, generally a headline-grabbing type of tournament. It usually features some SEC schools. But I guess since, you know, they already had the Big Ten SEC – or, excuse me, Big 12 SEC showdown at Globe Life, it's a little bit of a different field this year. Uh, the Frogs are going to play Texas A&M Corpus Christi on Friday afternoon at 3 p.m. They're going to match up with Texas State on Saturday at 7 p.m. And then uh, Sam Houston State on Sunday at 3 p.m. So interesting uh, field there, a chance to keep this going. But you hope that they can keep this winning streak going as long as possible. Six and two. They've won five in a row. Uh, this pitching staff has been really effective. The bullpen has been good. I, th- I think they'll get back to their regular bullpen rotation, um, you know, this weekend. And my big question, I asked this to, to Eric on Monday, Harrison Bethy came in, and he's another guy that can throw heat. He was throwing 97-98, but just wasn't able to locate tonight and walked a few guys. Also, there was an error that extended that inning probably longer than it needed to go. Garrett Wright also throws gas, but who is who's gonna be the closer for this team? Because so far the way they've worked this, and it I mean it's working, so there's no reason to really panic or change anything. They've used these long relief guys as essentially their closers. Like Halen Green on uh, Friday came in when Johnny Ray had to leave in the fifth inning and he just closed out the game. Um, Charles King in that first game on Saturday against Liberty, he came in a similar situation when Russell Smith was having trouble getting out of the fourth and he just pitched the rest of the game. So that's fantastic. And in both those games, they had significant leads. Now in that first game, Green was in a save situation. But when it's a one-run game, who are you going to turn to? Are you still going to trust, you know, these kind of converted starters into the relievers, veteran guys to make things happen? Or do you turn it over to some hard-throwing guys in the pen who are your more, you know, traditional-looking closers that are bringing heat and are bringing gas? And, hey, it's a fastball. Can you catch up to it? Have a power sinker, a power slider. Good luck. 
um, hitting it, even though you know it's coming. So we'll, that remains to be seen, and we'll kind of see how that plays out as the year goes on. But nice win for TCU baseball tonight against SFA, and they get ready for more tournament play this weekend. Coming up next, I'll give you a preview of what we have coming up later this week, and I'll touch briefly on a uh, player that TCU offered, um, a quarterback that TCU offered earlier this week. But right now, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. If you want to know how to make some money on college basketball, March Madness is coming up. There's going to be games every single day of the week almost, multiple games, especially those first couple rounds. It's a great time to uh, sign up and sign in to betonline.ag. Get an account, get that uh, welcome bonus that they offer for locked on users. When they when you use that promo code locked on, start making some money today. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports runs the site. He does a fantastic job. BetOnline.ag. Final segment: Locked On Horn Frogs. Appreciate you listening to the show today. Did want to pass along on Friday, my friend and your friend. Matt Jennings, Matt, who joined me uh, every Monday during football season, breaking down the, the you know the game from Saturday and TCU football in general. He's going to hop on with me on Friday, and we're just going to do an off-season pod. We'll touch on a lot of different subjects, but it'll be TCU football heavy. So start sending your questions in. At Locked On TCU is uh, the show account. At Simcox Stevens is my personal account. Send your questions from me and Matt for that show on Friday and be sure to tune in because, you know, MJ always brings some great insight. Final note I kind of want to leave you with on the recruiting trail, TCU offered Flower Mound quarterback Nick Evers uh, over the weekend. Nick is a three-star pro-style quarterback from Flower Mound. He holds offers from Florida, um, Cincinnati, Boise State, Louisville, Penn State, among others. And this is his first in-state offer. So not exactly sure why he's getting more love from teams outside the state than inside the state so far. But TCU um, trying to make some headway and build a good relationship with him. Nick Evers, he's a 2022 quarterback. Again, three-star recruit. uh, Number 15 ranked pro-style quarterback according to 247 Sports. So can never have too many of those guys in the room. That's a name to keep an eye on. Again, Nick Evers just finished his junior year at Flower Mound, and uh, TCU offered him there in the mix along with a few other schools on the recruiting trail trying to land a pro-style QB. I'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk all things TCU athletics and get you ready for the upcoming weekend. This is Locked on Horned Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.